Onyx Hunt is our go-to solution for anything mapping related, whether we're at the house or in the field, whether we're using the tracking feature in order to kind of figure out exactly where we're going in and out of the woods, to also implementing the new cell camera feature where you can actually link your different cell cameras that you may have from different brands and be able to get all those photos sent directly through the Onyx app where you can actually see them on your maps and be able to go through all your photos right there in one place. You can use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout and save 20% on your Onyx Onyx membership. Onyx has been extremely helpful for us the last six years, and I'm sure it'll be helpful for you. So know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know the drill. Good optics are a must, whether you're running a red dot sight on your turkey gun or you're running some binos this turkey season, or if you're shopping for a new rifle scope. Vortex Optics needs to be the first place you look. They got something for everybody, whether you're wanting to get some entry-level glass or if you're wanting top-of-the-line glass and really good stuff, they got that too. They also have an unbeatable VIP warranty. If something happens to your Vortex Optic, you can send it in. They will fix it or replace it. Best warranty in the business, bar none. Head on over to MidwayUSA.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN to get a discount on your order of any Vortex product. Again, that's MidwayUSA.com. Go use that promo code SOUTHERN. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the show. Meadow Creek Mounts is your go-to mounting option for red dots on your turkey shotgun. And one of my favorite features about this mount is you don't have to drill and tap your shotgun in order to mount a red dot onto your shotgun. I personally have used this mount the last two seasons and it's worked extremely well for me. One thing I personally like about it is because it's so low onto the barrel when it mounts to the rib of your shotgun, it allows for a very natural head positioning when shouldering your gun. Also an advantage of using a red dot compared to maybe just a traditional bead on your shotgun is you get a much more clear view of the turkey and you're able to kind of see what else is around there and making sure you're perfectly on that bird. Now if you're interested in giving Meadow Creek Mounts a try you can go over to the website MeadowCreekMounts.com and use the code SOUTHERN at checkout to be able to save 10% on your order. Now I'm a southern child. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Strut Report. Got a real good one for y'all this week. I know season's rocking and rolling throughout most of the southeast, and now most of the country started to be open um, across the northeast and also the Midwest, which is ex- very exciting for most of us out there, uh, especially the listeners who's been listening to the show and y'all state hasn't even been open yet. Down here in Alabama, Mississippi, and uh, Georgia, we're starting to actually come up to the conclusion of our season, uh, you know, that very last half of the season, which is kind of crazy to think about. But on this week's episode, guys, we got some really good uh, hunters on here that's been having some success and really been getting on some birds and really kind of giving you a well-rounded view of what's happening throughout the southeast, especially with this massive cold front uh, that just pushed through. But the states we're going to be covering this week is Missouri, Alabama, Kentucky, Arkansas, Nebraska and also Louisiana. Okay, so we've got a wide range of guys coming on from different experience levels, uh, and that's been getting after it. Some of these guys have been, you know, killing a crap ton of turkeys. Some of these guys have already tagged out, and some guys, uh, kind of like our buddy Mark up in Arkansas, season just opened uh, just a couple days ago, and they've been getting after some turkeys as well. So this is a really good report. A lot of good tips in here as well. So make sure y'all are taking notes so you can go out there and have some success come this weekend. But other than that, guys, I'll be quiet. We'll kind of hop onto this uh, interview and uh, go from there. Thanks again for listening. 
All right, guys, and first on the line, we've got Adam Jones coming back on the show. I don't know. This is the fourth, fifth, sixth time. I don't know. I'm not keeping track anymore, Adam. But from the great state of uh, Louisiana, north central Louisiana, you got to ask you, or i got to ask you, what's the gobbling activity been like for you guys over the last week or so, especially with this cold front that just pushed through? Saturday, that cold front come through, and it brought that real strong wind with it, and it was just overcast and just a uh, a dreary, just it was a deer hunting day Saturday, basically. Uh, so it, it had them shut down, had them shut down all day Saturday, and then that I guess that pressure changed uh, that night, and then Sunday morning, Sunday morning they gobbled, gobbled real good, gobbled on the ground real good, and then uh, I wasn't able to get out Monday morning. I had to work, but was able to take a friend of mine Tuesday morning. And uh, birds gobbled good on the limb, uh, gobbled good on the ground too. We was able to able to get a bird killed yesterday morning. So all in all, uh, once we got that that one bad day of the weather out, uh, it's you know gobbling picked right back up. So it's been pretty good. Have you noticed anything, especially with this cold front? Which you know, talking about this cold front, there's been a massive cold front that's hit you know the middle. The, middle part of the United States all the way over to now the East Coast uh, over the last few days. And, uh, you know, has that affected anything, especially when it came to gobbling activity, either better or worse now with some of these cooler mornings from what you've been seeing, especially previously, like the week or two prior? Uh, no, not really. Our birds typically, uh, they they like in cooler, cooler mornings. When I say cooler mornings, you know, upper 30s, you know, low 40s, you know, them, them, them real crisp clear nights uh they, they typically gobble pretty good in the morning so normally you know this time of year in, in years past uh you know it's them hot muggy mornings you just got everything shut down so these these cool mornings have been a have been a welcome sight to us around here now adam kind of going over uh you know we've had you on quite a few times before talking about habitat and how you hunt kind of a little bit of uh kind of rolling hills and stuff mix of you know hardwoods and pines and uh, river creek bottoms, stuff like that. But right now, it's kind of as late in the season as we are, uh, you know, being a few weeks into the season in Louisiana. You know, is there anything that's changed when it comes to where these turkeys are now at? Or are they still pretty much where they've been uh, for the majority of the season so far? They, our birds around here, especially with the habitats we have, because, the, the, you know, it's such an abrupt habitat change. You know, that bird don't have to travel far to, to get, you know, and be – within several different habitat groups. So they're pretty much staying in the same general areas they have all year. You know, the hens are starting to move up to the, you know, the taller grass or your areas or the, or the areas because they're, they're starting to lay on their nest more and more. So uh, I, I got a cell phone camera running on one of my big, <clears throat> big food plots today. And, uh, I mean, it's just a, it's just got off a pine ticket all the way around it. And I've had birds on it literally all day long uh hens well i had a, a long gobbler right off the bat this morning and then midday the hens started showing up and then i don't know 20 minutes ago i got another picture that, that gobbler's done showed back up with hens so uh you know midday from what i'm noticing off my cameras you know i'm not not able to be there fortunately due to due to work but midday a midday hunt around here right now could be pretty productive for people if they get the opportunity, to, you know, to get out. Let me ask, uh, based off the time frame of the season right now in Louisiana, are we at the point now where you're starting to find or, or getting reports from other guys seeing hens starting to nest? 
um, where a lot more hens are kind of breaking off and doing their thing, or are we still kind of in these stages where they're still fairly flocked up and you're not seeing very many lone hens uh, nesting right now? No, they're they're starting to they're starting to nest around. I talked to a guy the other day that actually walked up on a on a hen land on the nest. So I haven't personally walked up on any yet, but we're definitely getting to that point to where you know it's it's that crucial crucial time of year for them hens. So uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, you know, every every egg a hatch and they'll be able to raise them up. So let me that's ask. What, you- that's what the hope. The, Oh, okay. pray you is right now. Exactly. Let me. I want to ask you two more things, and I'll let you get off here and get you uh, out there roosting some birds. But uh, first off, I want to ask you, what's been working for you guys? I know you just killed a turkey, or your, you had your buddy uh, go with you, and he killed a bird a day or so ago. And I know you and your uh, daughter got out over the weekend. But what's been working for you guys? And also, has there been anything not been working over the last week or so uh, since we've had you on? I've been on, I mean, I've had a very, very good year uh, to start off this year. So, I mean, pretty much, you know, not trying to be arrogant because, you know, a, a guy has a way of humbling a man that like no, nothing else, but pretty much everything I've done this year's work. And the throwback on that is I contribute all of my success this year to boots on the ground, scouting as much as I possibly can. Uh, you know, just just scout, scout, scout. I mean, know your know your train. Try to keep up with birds where they're where they're going, what they're doing. Uh, you know, areas they like to hang out in the middle of the day. The, my cameras have you know have really helped me out this year. But but yeah, just scout as much as we can, and then. Other evening, when I, I was able to roost that bird the other evening, or, or turkeys here. And Louisiana are notorious for not gobbling on the roost in the evening time. So I know them birds had been in that area just by, by judging by the by the amount of sign I've seen in there. So I just eased over of the evening, sat down, got quiet, and just and just let my ears do the work. Uh, heard the heard the birds fly up on the limb, you know, wings hitting limbs as they going up. So we were able to get in there and get tied on them the next morning. Then. Bird actually pitched off the limb the next morning, and when he landed, he was in in gun range. So, uh, just you know, quick, quick fun hunt. So, well, Adam, last question I want to ask you and let you go after this is: uh, what piece of advice would you give to anybody, especially hunting Louisiana or some of these other southern states, where you know we're you know halfway through the season, if not coming to the last, this the tail end of the season. You know, what piece of advice would you give those guys, especially when they start dealing with, you know, hens starting to go to nests, they're starting to deal with a little bit more pressured turkeys. These turkeys have been hunting that or been hunted now for, you know, a few weeks, if not a month or so. You know, what piece of advice would you give them to go out there and hopefully have success come this weekend? Uh, play the patience game. You know, sit back, be patient, do not overcall. You know, them, these birds have probably heard every turkey call that's, you know, made by now at this point. Uh, you know, I listen to y'all's podcast. I think it came out earlier this week. You had that fellow from Alabama. I think his first name was Jared. I can't remember his last name. And, uh, you know, he was spot on. I mean, me and him, I think me and him get along pretty well because our hunting styles are a lot the same. So my advice to anybody that's listening, that, that possibly hunting this area or hunting highly pressured birds right now, is just, uh, you know, scout. If you can find that sign, just set up shop, be patient. You know, soft call here and there. Be ready, because you never know when that service won't come slipping in. 
you know, be be staring you eyeball to eyeball. So. Excellent. Well, Adam, thank you again for coming on this week's episode of the Strut Report, and uh, best luck to you all in the morning. Hopefully you can get that uh, that kid's uh, first turkey, so that'll be an exciting hunt. All right, sir. I appreciate you having me on. All right, guys. Next on the line, we got Cameron Tidwell coming in from uh, Missouri, South Central Missouri. Very excited about this uh, report, my man, especially when I saw your post on the Pokeland Turkey Hunters group talking about how hot it is in Missouri. So we're about to dive all in on that. But, Cameron, to kind of kick us off, what has the gobbling activity been like for you since opening day, which was on Monday? Well, opening day was awesome. I mean, I heard about 11, and they gobbled. I mean, I only hunted for 20 minutes opening day, but today, I mean, they gobbled till 10, 11 o'clock, heard 15 turkeys. I mean, it was just insane today. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. How does that compare to especially like years past from like experiences from, you know, hunting these same kind of areas that you've been hunting? Uh, you know, how does, you know, this year and this opening week lie, or lay out uh, compared to what you've experienced in the past? There's definitely, like, where I'm hunting, specifically I've heard more turkeys gobble. Not not seeing very many jakes, so it's mostly toms, and they're they're tearing it up pretty good this year. Uh, a lot, definitely better than last year, for me personally, where I've been hunting. All right. And getting over to the next question, I'm really curious, especially with this ma- massive cold front that pushed through uh, kind of into last week, and it's kind of hitting the rest of the country right now. Um, you know, what has this cold front done for you all? I mean, has it, do you think, has it helped the situation when it comes to gobbling activity and just turkey activity? Has it hurt it, or has it really not just been a factor for you guys? Well, I mean, yesterday, my, my brother, I told him a public piece to go try, and hit. him and a buddy went there, and they killed one right off the roost, and he gobbled the whole way in. And so, you know, and I can't hunt because in Missouri you can only kill one. So it hasn't really been a factor uh, for the people I hunt with. But, I mean, cold fronts never help, in my opinion. I mean, they're not uh, – I'd rather it be sunny in 65. True, that's a cold front down here in Alabama. But, man, I guess that's where you're at. Did you, hey, let me ask, did y'all get any snow uh, from the storm? Dude, it snowed like three inches at my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah y'all can keep that crap we're good it it was a uh, high about mid 50s today i was like man it's about tiny you get me a jacket on and then you guys up there getting three inches of snow <laughs> it, was, it, it was 45 degrees this morning they they tore it up awesome well i want to get over it can you talk a little bit about what's the kind of habitat that you're hunting in missouri uh, to kind of give the, the layout of the land but also is there any specific habitat type or areas that these turkeys really like to stick to early on in the season so I mostly hunt like hardwood ridges and then like cattle pat, you know, with rolling hills and stuff like that and creek bottoms, like on some public places I got, they really seem to stick around those creek bottoms. And it's been, I mean, besides that cold front, I mean, it's been kind of an early spring up here. I mean, it's like really leaved out compared to normal. And uh, I've actually seen several hens nesting walking around in the past few weeks, so uh, the creek bottoms uh, has been where I've found several turkeys this week. Excellent. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's been working for you. You know, what helped you be successful opening day? And I kind of let you kind of run through that. And uh, the last thing, once you kind of answer that, kind of see what's been working for you tactic-wise and, and technique, you know, what's that last piece of advice you'd give the listeners to maybe go out there and have success, especially for these listeners that are in the state of Missouri? Yeah, so uh, – Pretty much where I uh, where I hunted opening day, I woke up at 3 a.m. and drove two and a half hours 
and uh I hadn't hunted there in a year and I just uh knew an area that I thought was good in the past and I got up next to this tree line and these deer started blowing and I was like you got to be kidding me but I knew that the turkeys roosted to my east generally so uh, about daylight I, I sat up there anyway and about daylight I heard about eight or nine across the road and I started to get up and go over there and all of a sudden I heard you know boom, right over my right shoulder and so I was like, okay. And so I looked over my right shoulder. There's just a tom strutting out in this field, and the field rolled. And so I, uh, you know, I used the terrain to my advantage, and I crawled up on that sucker. I'm not against it. And uh, he didn't even know I was there. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, quick hunt like that, man. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, and let me ask you, just for, you know, kind of listener's sake and everything, kind of, uh, you know, what's kind of going on right now, early season, first couple days of Missouri season, you know, what kind of advice would you give the listeners, uh, maybe something that's maybe helped you be successful in the past or maybe stuff that maybe had helped, you know, you uh, and also some of your friends or like your brother be successful, but maybe they can try to implement, especially early on in y'all season. I mean, don't be afraid to make it happen. I truly believe you can sit back and be passive sometimes. And uh, and sometimes that's the best thing to do, but um, just like that situation, I mean, I could have waited for him to come around or seen what he was going to do, but, you know, there's just a time and a place to, you know, be aggressive and try something, you know. I mean, I just got my butt kicked in Tennessee, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to actually just go try to crawl up on this sucker, and I just pretty much willed my, willed my way to him. And uh, I feel like a lot of guys, if they'll try that, you know. I mean, sometimes you're going to spook birds, obviously, but there's going to be times where it's rewarding just to push in there. Excellent. Well, awesome. Well, Cameron, thank you again for coming on for this week's episode of the uh, Strut Report. Hopefully, man, after this little waiting period you've got right now, you can get back after and get that second bird uh, and hopefully maybe have you back on for another Strut Report in the future. But thanks again and best luck for you in the rest of your season. Yeah, sounds good, brothers. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, and next on the podcast, we got a fan favorite on here. See, Ricky, I told you I'd say that. Uh, we've got Ricky <laughs> Bullard on from uh, Georgia, who's actually up in Kentucky right now. He's been up there since the opener uh, that happened, or I guess opened this past Saturday. And uh, you're still up there right now and be driving back. Actually, when this episode drops back, hopefully, or when this episode drops, hopefully you'll have a, a, your second turkey down and uh, be heading back down to Georgia. But uh, to kind of kick us off uh, with this report coming from Kentucky, how has the gobbling activity been for you guys since you got up there? Pretty good. Uh, we got here Saturday night. Sunday morning was the first morning we hunted, and then we heard, um, I think we heard two birds on the limb. And then once they flew down, they, they pretty much shut up. But they kind of a little bit wonky where we're at, but I think it's due to the hunting pressure. Um, starting to slack off now. Sunday and Monday was pretty heavy. Uh, but, I mean, they, they were gobbling throughout the day just periodically, and then Gobble on the roost pretty good, but this morning, um, you know, had, had we've had gobbling every morning. It's just uh, they're pretty much shutting up when they get on the ground, except for the one we killed on Monday. Uh, this afternoon, though, they I don't know what's going on, but we heard two different birds just absolutely hammering on the limb at dark, like probably 30 times each. 
Awesome. Well, dude, that's, that's super exciting, uh, especially for, you know, the last hoorah in the morning, man. Hopefully, I'm telling you, I'm going to be looking for that, that, that text message in the morning, dude. Killed him right off the limb, all right? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I know where he's at, so we'll see you. Awesome. Well, let me ask, has the cold front been this massive cold front that pushed through the United States and definitely hammered y'all's area? You told me y'all had a good bit of snow, um, you know, this last day or so. Has that been a factor in a positive or negative light from what you think it could have been or has been uh, since y'all been up there? Uh, yeah, I think it affected the the birds this morning. Uh, I had one I already kind of knew where he was at, and he gobbled twice, and then that was it. Uh, my other buddy, he he was on birds too. He roosted or didn't roost, but he saw four uh, in a general area the afternoon before, four different gobblers, and none of them gobbled this morning. Um, like I said, it, it was cold this morning, but it was it was it was nice. They just got snowed on all night, so I'm sure they weren't too uh, fired up this morning. Now, in your neck of the woods, kind of where y'all are at, you know, what kind of habitat, you know, are these turkeys really sticking to at this point in the season? Um, and is there anything specifically that you've found that's kind of a common trait for where these turkeys are hanging out at right now? Yeah, so we're uh, in West Kentucky, so it's. I mean, it's kind of a mix, hill country, a little bit of river bottom, but um, where we're finding most of the birds at is in the bottoms. The uh, the first the first day we were here, and we found a bunch on like green fields. Um, we kind of stay away from the ag fields just because of the pressure. So I don't know about that, but with some of the smaller green fields, some of the roads, saw a bunch of birds, and then pressure the last three days has just almost completely disappeared off of those very very pretty much in the bottoms is where it's been happening for for us so they're still staying low right now kind of early on in the season um now can you talk a little bit about i know y'all have killed two birds so far and hopefully again hopefully by the time people are listening to this episode you get two more birds down but again i'm not trying to jinx i'm I'm knocking on wood right here you can't hear it i don't know (laughs) People can hear that. Not yeah, going wood right now, but um, appreciate that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I'll tell you if I get a text message and like Jacob, you jinxed me. <laughs> I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> uh, no, but um, you have killed two birds so far. Kind of talk us, walk us through. You know what helped y'all be successful? Was there anything specifically y'all did? Uh, you know, kind of maybe walk us through, like especially your hunt and kind of what's been working for you guys, but also maybe what hasn't been working for you as well. Uh, yeah, so. Sunday, like I said, they, they went quiet when they got down off the limb. Uh, so we just, I mean, we when I say we've been hunting, we've been hunting daylight to dark the last, you know, since sun, since Sunday. We've been hunting all day, every day. And uh, actually killed mine on Sunday at 1230, and that was just purely us covering ground, trying to strike one. We actually didn't strike him. We saw him um, down at the bottom of this hill and we were able to, work around and make a move on them and, and get in front of them. Didn't, didn't actually even call. We had called before, um, probably about an hour before, but that was before I knew he was there and he was about, uh, there was three of them, three gobblers. They were about 150 yards from us. Had no idea. And we circled around to leave and saw him. So worked back around, got in front of them. And I think us walking in the leaves got them fired up because then they came towards us pretty quick and they were strutting for absolutely no reason at all. So I think they just thought we were hens uh, walking through the leaves. Um, but then the, so the next bird Monday morning, uh, that one was a pretty classic roost hunt. We we didn't know where he was at, but we went in there, heard him gobbling, 
slip down in this bottom. We were up on the ridge, um, actually probably about halfway down the ridge. And uh, this still country hunting is new for us. I'm from Florida. My buddy's from Georgia, so we're kind of uh, just winging it, learning as we go for turkey hunting at least. And uh, anyways, we got about halfway down this hill, and he was in the bottom, and he gobbled. He just acted kind of fickle, uh, kind of like he had a hen with him. So finally, I just I kind of went with my mo this season, and I cut at him real hard, and he got fired up and. I cut at him again. He cut me off, and then I just kind of scratched in the leaves until he's coming in. Like my buddy was sitting in front of me, I heard him say he's coming. <laughs> he was trying to tell me to stop scratching the leaves so he didn't see me. But um, so that gobbler came in, and my buddy got a shot on him. So that was his. So uh, and then the the next bird that I ended up missing that was kind of a crazy story, uh, but kind of the same deal. We heard him gobble. It was a uh, probably 3:45 in the afternoon uh that same day monday and kind of thought i knew where he was at but there's a, a pretty significant uh feature there that i knew he probably wasn't going to cross if he was on the other side of it but so we tried we we moved in on him and uh called again and nothing called again nothing i just kept kept getting closer and sure enough i guess we got close enough to him you know to get in his bubble as they like to say and uh yelped and he he gobbled back at me and then i cut at him and he gobbled back a couple times and so anyways this is this feature i'm talking about is water so i get up to the bank of it and i'm looking across it and he's like he's he's walking down the bank and i'm thinking this bird's gonna hang up you know um had him hang up at water puddles a little fence just all kinds of stuff so I'm thinking he's not gonna fly across this. Sure enough, before I can get a shot on him, he pitches across and he's flying right at my face, and I got my red dot on his head mid-flight. And I'm I thought about it, but I didn't do it. And he saw me and changed direction, and he landed about 70 yards behind me. And I thought I was a little closer than I was. I tried a shot, and he he did. I didn't hurt him at all. He was way too far. But uh, yeah, that was probably the craziest thing. I've ever had happen and it all this went down at five o'clock in the afternoon so that's even more atypical for me I'm not used to gobbling turkeys in the afternoon like that man that is crazy dude listen who he, he almost turned out to be a big quail dude flying this <laughs> or like a dog uh, he, don't, like a he dog almost landed on my face <laughs> <laughs> he was flying right at me and he saw me and like whoop <laughs> oh god Oh man, that would have been that would have that would have been even more uh, comedy for the actual for the actual hunting story itself. If that was the case, but uh, so yeah. you talked a little bit about what worked for you guys. Is there been anything that hasn't been working as well? That this kind of either mistakes or there's other stuff that just hasn't been working for you guys. That maybe it's something that you've been doing, you know, earlier this year. Yeah, I uh, I thought I'd get cute uh, this morning. And I uh, called, oh, no, it was yesterday morning. I called to this one bird on the limb that tomorrow morning will be the third day that I'm hunting them. Uh, but third morning I'm hunting them. But anyways, I thought I'd get cute and call to him on the limb, and he didn't like that. I was just like little soft yelps, and he shut up, never gobbled again. I, I don't I, just, I don't know where he went, but I got back on him this afternoon. So 
Interesting. All right. So that that's something that you haven't really done in the past, or at least on this hunt. So you did that, and he just did not like that. So let me ask, what's, what's been your approach instead? Um, you know, if you're not really calling much on the limb, you're just pretty much waiting for them. To, you're trying to get as close as possible while they're on the limb. When they hit the ground, that's when you're making a vocalization at them? Yeah, that, that was that was my game plan this morning. Same bird was goblin, and uh, he just didn't. I was just not yep. I was gonna wait till he got on the ground. But once he got on the ground, he never, he never gobbled again. Never responded. But that's pretty much what we've been doing. Just uh, wait until we hear a gobbler, and then go to him, try to get in front of him, and then, you know, once once you once you're within range of them on the ground, um, they've been responsive. It's just getting close to them is is the the problem we're having because. I mean, like I said, we're not used to hunting these big bottoms, and when you see them down at the bottom, it's kind of you either got to go a mile to get around in front of them, or you got to try to slip down through the leaves, and that that ain't happening. Well, Rick, let me ask you this to kind of wrap this up. Um, you know, what's a piece of advice you'd give to people, especially guys that are hunting, you know, Kentucky right now, maybe hunting similar uh, regions or similar habitat types of what you've been dealing with? You know, what's a piece of advice you'd give them to hopefully go out there and have some success, especially come this weekend? I would say if you've got uh, if you've got the day to hunt, keep hunting. You know, you know, no matter what happens, because today actually, me and him, me and my buddy got back together after the morning hunt and went back up to some birds he saw walking out. Uh, he heard him gobble. I think it was twelve or twelve thirty, and from. 12:30 to 5, that bird gobbled three different times, just periodically, and it was enough we were able to get close to him. Couldn't make it happen, but I mean, we were in the game, and if we'd have went back to the camp and took a nap, that wouldn't happen. And the same thing Sunday, my bird killed 12:30. Uh, a lot of the people had left. We actually had ran into like five other hunters that morning, and a lot of those guys had left by the time we killed that bird. So just just stick with it. If you got the time, keep hunting. Persistence and sticking with it. I love it, dude. Awesome. Well, Ricky, thank you again for uh, coming on for this week's strike report. Best of luck to you uh, for tomorrow, your last day up in Kentucky. Hopefully y'all can make it happen. Again, knocking on wood. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, dude, keep us posted. And, again, just thank you for coming on for this uh, week's strike report. I will. Thank you. All right, guys, next on the line, we've got Mark Izzard back on the show from West Central Arkansas. Arkansas just opened up on Monday, and Mark, I know you've been out there uh, every day uh, since opening day, which this is only now being Wednesday, but three days in a row. So I know you've got a solid report for us from Arkansas, but to kind of kick us off, what's the gobbling activity been like for you all uh, since opening day up in Arkansas? Hey, Jacob. Well, man, I'll tell you, it was real good on Monday. I mean, we heard... We probably heard seven, seven birds on Monday, and uh, over seventy gobbles, and everything. I mean, they were. Um, we had to go find them, and we had to get pretty loud to, to get them to start talking. But once we got them started talking, man, we couldn't hardly get them to shut up. Is that something that's been kind of common with opening days? I mean, is this like a was this a little bit better than a normal opening day? Uh, you know, how would you describe it? No. No, it was a better than normal opening day because, um, you know, they pushed our season back a week. And so usually, uh, you know, we would have started the week before. And, man, it in years past, it has been um, 
it's been pretty quiet in the woods on opening day. And uh, this year was a uh, it it was really refre- it was refreshing to see um, pushing it back a week like that and see the birds still fired up on Monday. Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the the next two days. So, of course, uh, Tuesday and then Wednesday. How did anything change, if it did change? And also, was this cold front at all a factor for you guys in a positive or negative aspect? Yeah. Um, well, Tuesday, I um, I took a new hunter um, out with me on Tuesday. She'd never been turkey hunting before. And uh, so I went to some uh, spots that I knew we wouldn't have uh, any – people pressure on and uh where i've been on birds before and man they were not gobbling but you know that we had a low pressure system moving in that moved um it snowed up in north arkansas and southern missouri but it didn't snow down here but it started getting uh real windy and everything probably about midday or so but i've i've noticed in the past that you know low pressure when low pressure is moving in Usually the goblin's not real good. We we only heard two gobbles yesterday, just one short, you know, quick gobble, and um, we tried setting up on them. We ended up calling in a lone hen. She came in and checked us out. She I couldn't get her to start talking or anything, and um, that was about it for yesterday. It was it was a not a very event, eventful day for uh, turkeys for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, a little bit more about the habitat. I want to talk a little bit more, kind of lay a little bit more groundwork, kind of what region of Arkansas are you really coming from? I know we said West Central, but what's the kind of habitat y'all are dealing with in your areas? And I'll let you kind of touch it from there. And also, are the turkeys in a specific habitat area or a specific elevation uh, area in uh, your neck of the woods, or are they kind of all over the landscape at this point of the season? Well, it's mainly uh, hardwoods with mixed pines. And, um, man, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm really finding turkeys everywhere. Like yesterday started up on the, well, every day I started up high up on the mountains and, um, man, I'm, you know, today I heard them up high and I heard them down low, down where the, um, down where the hardwoods more run into the, um, the pines. See around here, they do the clear cuts like down in the bottoms and everything. They don't do them up on the uh, ridge tops and everything because most of our ridges are um, they call them razorback ridges. They're pretty narrow, so most of the clear cuts are are down low, and that's where you find more of the um, uh, better nesting habitat and everything. So we uh, we heard them down heard them down in there. We had one goblin pretty good this morning up high, set up on him. But, man, I mean, right there at fly-down time, he shut up. I mean, they all did. And we didn't strike up another bird until 3 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, we just went to a total different place. We ran into some foresters today, and they uh, they gave us some tips where they had seen some birds. So we cruised on over there, walked in there, found some um some good scratching where we had uh three different kinds of uh topography or habitat coming together we had some hay fields on private land a good strip of hardwoods and then a creek bottom uh down below it and we finally got one to gobble 
about three o'clock and then uh man he didn't gobble again until about five o'clock and uh we we were not dressed for it <laughs> staying out it started off cold this morning and it warmed up and we'd already uh dumped some clothes back in camp and uh we were not prepared to stay out for uh as long as we did this afternoon Mm, man, that's a, listen. That's something that most people don't think about, uh, especially in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, nice brisk mornings, but not think about those temperatures dropping in the afternoon. Now, you, you were talking about you had oh, yeah. that, you had that uh, that gobbler. You struck him up at three o'clock. What did you do to strike him up? Were you like cutting? Did you yelp? Did you use some owl hoot, uh, crow call? You know, how did y'all get him? You know, struck. Man, we got in there uh, around that scratching, and. Um, you know, we was doing like a hide the hen kind of thing where we were, you know, just over a rise from where I found that scratching at because where the scratching was was pretty open. And uh, we were just sitting in there just soft calling, just uh, real soft yelps, purrs, clucks, just uh, doing that about every 15 minutes or so. And uh, my buddy that was with me today, he he's a pretty good caller. And uh, so he was um you know we were both calling at the same time to make it sound like you know there's a couple of hens over there and uh working through a couple of different calls and everything just to sound like multiple birds and finally like i said about three o'clock man he finally fired off but um yeah he uh he had us whooped well i want to talk a little bit more about uh just overall tactics you know what has been working for you guys since opening day or what hasn't been working for you guys since opening day and again how are you going to kind of adjust as the season kind of goes on over this next week or so well what's been working is well i'm going to go off more about what my buddies have been doing that have been successful and everything they have they're get, catching these birds coming right off the limb and so i got i've had several buddies that um they killed like right there at fly down, but it seems like once they get on the ground, man, they're finding hens, or they are just um, they're getting in places where it's really hard to get to them, you know, because it's so open in there, and they're getting up there and strutting and gobbling. You know, our hunting pressure this year is totally different than last year. You know, last year we had COVID, there's people all over the place, um, you know, which kept the the bird shut up last year but this year man there's hardly anybody out here and um you know you don't hear all those owl hoots in the morning and stuff like that people driving the roads and i fear the birds will be a whole lot more cooperative but they have not uh they haven't been cooperating with us that's for sure now let me ask compared to last year does it seem like y'all are hearing more birds this year than last year especially with the hunting pressure as high as it was uh yeah, I have been hearing more birds this year compared to last year. Well, that's something awesome to kind of hear. That's also good news for anyone else that's in Arkansas. Hopefully, if that's kind of you know common across most the area, that you know if everything kind of got hit roughly the same uh, when it came to hunting pressure, hopefully that's kind of the same across the board as well. Uh, you know, also again based off local populations of turkeys and everything else. But uh, Mark, kind of wrap us up. What's a lasting tip and piece of advice you'd give to any of the other Arkansas listeners right now that are kind of dealing with the same thing you're dealing with, still dealing with some cold temperatures and everything else? You know, how would you give them some advice to hopefully go out there this weekend? maybe have some success and definitely make sure they're on the right path forward for this coming week. My, my advice would be if when you hear one, uh, 
if you don't already have one roosted in the evening, man, as soon as you hear that thing in the morning, be heading on over there and and uh, be in position. And uh, just be prepared to, if you miss it, just be prepared to stay with it a good part of the morning because they'll, uh, they'll still let you know they're there. Excellent. Well, Mark, best of luck to you all for the rest of your season, and thanks again for coming on for this week's Strut Report. All righty, Jacob. Appreciate it. Good luck to you all. All right, guys, next on the line, we've got our buddy, old Daniel Gross, coming back on, who's originally from the state of Georgia, but he's actually out in Nebraska right now with Nebraska Spur Chasers. We've got Mr. Preston uh, Melroy and also Dalton Olson on, uh, kind of the guys over there at Nebraska Spur Chasers. Uh, I know, Daniel, you've been out there for a few days uh, chasing some turkeys out there in Nebraska, in south-central Nebraska, and we're going to talk all about it, especially with this massive cold front that just pushed through with you guys. And we'll talk all things about kind of what y'all been experiencing, especially um, – uh, Daniel, since you've been there, but also Preston and Dalton, y'all can maybe talk about what y'all been experiencing before Daniel even got up there over this last week or so. Uh, but to kind of kick us off, what's the gobbling activity been like for you guys, uh, especially over this last week, and how has it changed, if it has changed at all, with this cold front that just pushed through? Yeah, so uh, like you said, that massive cold front came through. Uh, Daniel got here, you know, Sunday afternoon. It was 61, sunny bluebird day. And we woke up that next morning, and I think the temperature was about 25 with a half inch of snow and cold, windy. That front was pushing through. And pretty much from that day till probably today, the birds were very turned off in the aspect of vocalizations. But they still experienced kind of the same strut activity, but that's kind of a different deal. But as far as gobbling, uh, the hens aren't out. The hens haven't ran off because of the weather. So all these toms are still henned up, which is a little longer than normal. But I think coming up here in the next week, we're looking at, oh, mid-70s to mid to upper 80s. So I think that's going to really kick things off here in the next week. Oh, that's exciting. I think that's what everybody wants to hear, especially with this massive cold front that pushed through, dropped snow all the way from you guys all the way down to uh, Arkansas, upper northern Arkansas and Kentucky. Uh, so y'all can keep that weather. I'm down here in Alabama, nice where it's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice, cool, uh, about 55 degrees right now, which is very nice <laughs> compared to what y'all are dealing with. Uh, I saw, Daniel, I saw something you posted about, and it was like 19 degrees or something. And I'm like, dude, y'all can keep that. I don't want anything to do with that right now. Uh, at least dude, I- it, 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 was, it was shocking. I felt like I drove back in time coming out west because I, I, I'm like you. I left 85 in Bluebird, and everything's bloomed out to the fullest, and it was like like, what world am I in? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, it kind of goes uh, hit it to the next part. I really want to talk about, you know, South Central Nebraska. What kind of habitat are y'all dealing with out there? And I know Preston Dalton, y'all can probably talk a lot about this as well, kind of being very familiar with the areas. But what kind of habitat are y'all dealing with in your neck of the woods? And then also, is there anything specific that these turkeys really like to stick to at this time of the season? And will that change at all a little bit later on in y'all season? So really what we have for habitat around here is anything from rolling hills to the sand hills and wide open pastures with fingers full of cedar trees. And we can go from that to just creek bottoms filled with locust trees and cottonwoods. And what we're kind of seeing right now for birds wanting to hang out in is anything to stay out of the wind. It's been with that system blowing in, it's been carrying 30 mile per hour winds. Birds aren't wanting to strut up on the ridge lines like usual. So we're finding them down in those fingers, tucked in them cedar trees, or just in the open areas where there's no 
wind in the cover really and so down in the creek bottoms have been really good and even in those fingers where mojo actually got his bird he uh we we're up we we're up on a ridge line but we had a really thick cedar row behind us and with that north wind we we're on that south side of that cedar line and there was no wind for 30 40 yards and those birds came right up that ridge line and were strutting up along that Excellent. Now, also, is there anything specific when it comes to y'all's habitat type? Again, it sounds like it's it's still very diverse, but even though it's a lot more open than I'm sure, Daniel, you're used to down in Georgia. Um, but is there anything specific that these turkeys will shift to a little bit later on in the season? Or are they pretty much where they're at now, they're going to be at for the rest of the season? Uh, you know, in a typical year, I would say this time of year, yes. But with the kind of cold that we've had, it seems like all these birds are like two weeks behind of what they've been previous years. Um, usually this time of year, we're key targeting them off the roost a good ways in like travel areas, essentially areas that we know they move through areas that we know toms are seeking hens. But at this time, they're still very grouped up moving as a unit, I would say. Um, and the hens running off, you know, looking for nests, pretty far behind. But I expect with this heat, it's going to pick up. And I think this week we're going to make up a lot of ground as far as Tom's beginning to seek for, you know, fresh hens and the hens looking for nests. Um, I'd say they're going to move more. The Toms are going to move more towards ridge lines. Uh, high vantage points are going to be strutting more on low wind days or early in the morning. Hens are going to look for that taller grass. You know, you see them on the edge of highways. You see them in thick cover, CRP stuff. They're going to be looking to nest, and you're going to be looking to target those toms somewhere in between that area. Fantastic. And I really want to ask all this, uh, both, Daniel, from your perspective, but also, again, from Preston and Dalton, from y'all's perspective as well, just having the experience y'all do hunting out there and also just working with clients. Uh, but at this time of the year, and really, Daniel, I'll let you answer this first, you know, what tactics and what techniques have really helped y'all be successful, especially with your turkey that you killed earlier in this week? Um, and I'll let you kind of take that away, and then I'll ask something for uh, for Preston and Dalton as well, okay? Okay, perfect. Uh, man, I would say the the strategy, like like we talked earlier this year in the other show report, it was more of a, a run and gun situation, which is which is very typical, like like you experience in the southeast. You know, if that bird has got concrete tennis shoes, you know, it's very very easy to to drop your stuff and the decoy. You know, if you're using the decoy spread, to go ahead and go after him and use the terrain at your advantage, and you know, get inside that bubble to to maybe tick him off enough to to come your way. But here, it's it was a whole other world, uh, really. To be honest, you got it's such so open out here as far as the prairie land and the sand hills like they mentioned earlier you just can't get up and move on a bird like you'd want to and, and the way i was you know growing up killing birds in the south but uh yeah i think patience kills more birds out here than than like calling or uh and stuff like that as far as strategy they use more decoys out here than i'm used to i mean more, more than you know two decoys to me is super foreign but you're really trying to mimic the the opposing flock or you know just trying to give them a different look uh, the other cool thing about here is, is seeing birds in the roof trees and knowing, you know, as, as far as really pinpointing a bird before you go after them, that's a huge advantage that we often don't have in the south as far as going in blind and that good stuff. But, yeah, it's a, it's, it was super enjoyable. Monday was a, 
was a was a whole other ball game than I'm used to, and it was it was refreshing <laughs> for well, sure. Well, awesome. Well, Preston and Dalton, both of y'all can kind of answer this. I'll let you take away whoever wants to kind of run with it. But you know, with y'all's experience hunting out there and also just working with clients and everything. What is kind of like the common tactic when it comes to, you know, kill, locating killing gobblers out there? And how does that change if it does change at all throughout the season? Yeah, so uh, our biggest thing, as I talked about earlier, we like to get kind of on their travel corridor of where they roost and where they want to be. So that starts with a lot of scouting, finding the roosts, and we run a decent number of trail cameras on our property on spots that we've pinpointed early in the year that we think they're going to go to. And then we adjust as the year goes on. Uh, we really, uh, Daniel's bird was the first one that we've ever actually hunted directly off the roost, like right away in the morning. We usually target them would be like their mid morning areas. That way we're not bumping up into the roost. We're not pushing birds. But like I said, again, with this weather, we kind of had to change up our tactics and we had to get closer to their bedroom. So it it just depends on, you know, what the weather's like, time of year, what the hens are doing. Everything's kind of variable on that. But we tend to we tend to like to set up in places where the birds are going to come through. They want to come through. And it just helps to, one, calm those birds down when they do come into the spread. Um, I, I found that if you're sitting in a place birds want to be and they see other birds, you get a way better show and the birds don't tend to spook as much as as if you would be set up somewhere where they've never seen a bird and they kind of come in and they can be a little wary depending you know depending on how fired up they are but being somewhere birds want to be and calling and sounding like a flock or a small group of birds has really been successful for us yeah i think that's something that's really good especially i know we got a lot of listeners that are looking to head out to nebraska over the next coming uh next coming weeks uh so hopefully some of this can they can kind of pick apart and kind of figure out what's going to help them be successful when they get out there let me ask especially from uh again Preston dalton y'all's perspectives for any uh non-residents that are coming out there to hunt whether they're going to be going guided they're going to be going kind of doing their own thing on public land diy what's like the biggest piece of advice from both of y'all and i'll let y'all y'all both can say your own piece of advice for this uh, but what's like the biggest piece of advice for anyone coming to Nebraska to hunt for them to be prepared for the situation out there and how to hopefully be successful, especially if maybe they are hunting public land uh, and coming from an area, say like the southeast, where they're not used to kind of that open expanse uh, that maybe y'all might have to offer when it comes to Nebraska. Uh, I'd really say the, make sure to book an extra day if you're going out. And if you're going on yourself, make sure you have room to scout. That's going to be your biggest deal. Get an eye on the land and Make sure you can find where those birds are comfortable, where they are roosting, and most importantly, find that path they're walking or where they're hanging out close and where you can get into some cover or be able to put up, put up a blind. Uh, also, keep an eye on the weather. That's a huge factor up here in Nebraska, and it can change daily. So make sure you bring either your coat or your short sleeve shirt. Make sure you're prepared to set out all day. Uh, a lot of times the birds out here, they're going to go where you think they are, but you, you're not sure when they're going to. So sometimes you have to be prepared to sit all day and just make sure your scout is on. Yeah. And, uh, like I can't really reiterate what Dalton said, how important it is. Like if you're coming out here and you're hunting public land, you need to be able to specifically set a day aside to get up early 
Um, if you're hunting like ridge lines, things like that, you got to get up high, find where these birds are roosting, you know, find where they fly down, find where they kind of want to go, find a food source. And you want to get in between the roost and their food source. And if you're going to be there, you know, three, four days, I would say you start farther away and you'd sit a while, move a little closer. And then by like day two or day three, you're sitting somewhere a lot better. But uh, like Daniel said earlier, like patience kills more birds than anything. So you got to just be prepared to sit it out. The 80 degree weather that we can sometimes have, the blizzards, you just have to be prepared to sit it out. We also have to be prepared to change on the on a turn of a hat. Sometimes birds will will change everything up on you, and you got to go out and you got to get ahead of them, and you got to set up, and you just got to really be prepared for a lot of different things. But with those things, I think you're set for success. Excellent. Well, Preston Dalton, I appreciate y'all joining us tonight for this short report. Of course, Daniel, thank you again for coming on and kind of sharing your experience, especially coming from Georgia out to Nebraska. I'm sure it's kind of eye-opening for you as well. Uh, best of luck to all you guys for the rest of your season. I know, uh, Daniel, you're saying I think you're going to a couple other states, and uh, I'm sure Preston Dalton, y'all got some other clients y'all going to be taking out as well. But uh, thanks again for coming on for this week's short report, and best of luck to all three of you guys for the rest of y'all's season. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us again, man, anytime. All right, guys, and last on the line, we've got Steve Grace on the podcast, coming in from the great state of Alabama. Steve, to kind of kick us off, what has the gobbling activity been like for you over this last week or so uh, of your season? Well, it's kind of been down compared to what it, what it was in the early season. Uh, I guess around a week ago, it got sort of hot and muggy, and the gnats got really bad. And uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with them big bull gnats, but they kind of bother the heck out of a turkey. They'll get all over them, get all over their head, and they're constantly shaking their head. And it just seems like it slows the gobbling down a little bit. I mean, they'll still gobble a little bit in the tree, but uh, when they fly down, they'll uh, they get those gnats all over them when it starts warming up in the day. And it, and, uh, it was pretty much warm to begin with uh, early in the morning back then. And uh, so... Uh, the goblin activity was a little bit slower than it had been. And then as cold front hit, and uh, when the cold front hit, it kind of sh- shut them down. I noticed, uh, you know, one morning I'd heard like three in, a, in one location, and then I went back after the cold front hit and I only heard one, and he was he was way off. I don't even think he was one of the three that I'd heard. So it that really kind of shut them down. And uh, the last time I went, which was this morning, it was real windy. And uh, I didn't hear a thing because the wind was just howling. It was cold. And um, so that has a big effect on, you know, my ability to hear them. But I think they're not gobbling as well when it's real windy and cold like that. Yeah, of course. Can you give us a little rundown? What kind of habitat uh, are you hunting in, in your neck of the woods where you're turkey hunting at? You know, what's kind of the lay of the land over there? And then also, is there anything specific at this time of the season that you find a lot of these gobblers sticking around habitat-wise, or are they pretty much running just, you know, wild and crazy uh, on the properties that you hunt on? Yeah, well, the property I hunt on, uh, we've got fortunate. we got some one piece of property that's uh, – got a lot of hardwood on it it's a decent size uh, piece of property it's kind of a mixture of hardwood and pine got a couple of streams running down it uh which has got little bottoms that run down through it and then uh kind of rolling ridges in between it's just real pretty turkey habitat and um and i'll hunt there and i've got a couple of places that's uh planted pine plantations that's been thinned and uh they're uh 
they're a little bit too thick for a turkey, but in the early season, the turkeys will be in there a little bit. But once it kind of grows up, they kind of move on out. And uh, finding turkeys uh, really just be kind of here, there, and yonder this time of year. They're not. It's not like early season where uh, a tom's got a flock of six, eight, ten hens, and he's doing the same thing with those hens every day. Uh, the toms I'm seeing now are they're they're in a place one day and gone the next. And, and uh, I've I've been going to this one little spot that I've got for the last several days and not heard a turkey gobble there. And then the other morning there was uh, two on it gobbling, but they were leaving that property and they left it. And then this evening. I got a picture of a gobbler. I've got one cell camera out. I'm not real big on cameras, but I got a picture of a gobbler on a cell cam in that little piece of property. So he was there late this evening, and I'm planning on being there in the morning. <laughs> awesome. Well, let me ask you this. When it comes to, you know, this time of the year, you start having a lot more hens kind of starting to go to nest. You know, how does that change your approach when it comes to hunting these gobblers right now? When these hens start going to nest, start having more lone hens, there's less hens necessarily being bred, um, you know, or at least you don't have the giant flocks that you did earlier on in the season. How does that change your approach, especially later on in the season, like states like Alabama? Yeah, well, uh, a lot of times late in the season, they'll, the hens will be nesting around fields and stuff like that, and uh times will be coming to those fields the edge of those fields and looking out in there and trying to find those hens to to breed them and, and i guess that's the reason the times are kind of running here there and under now because the hens aren't flocked up anymore they're busted up they're uh you know they're on the net they're probably not sitting yet but they're laying and, and uh when they're laying they got to be bred every day and uh so times are just making a big round and and uh so you know kind of my approach one thing that kind of changes uh Lake like that when you just got a hen here and there, here, there, and yonder. I'll just use like a, a hen decoy late season, and uh, especially if I'd have, I've had a particular tom that kind of boogered off the uh, Jake hen set, I'll just uh, switch back to just a lone hen, and uh, that works pretty well in the latter part of the season. Now let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what's been working for you this season and what's been working for you maybe recently as well when it comes to getting opportunities on birds. And we haven't mentioned yet, but you are a, a diehard bow hunter for turkeys with a running gun style behind it, which is really interesting. And people can actually tune in on Monday. We're going to do a full-length episode with you uh, in just a day or so. Uh, but we'll dive all in on that for the Monday's episode. But you are a diehard bow hunter when it comes to turkeys. How has, yes, you know, your approach this season, what's helped you be successful this season? And also, what kind of advice do you have for people that are going through, like, kind of what you're going through right now, especially in the great state of Alabama, where we're kind of, you know, at the very tail end of our season, uh, you know, coming up to the last couple of weeks of the season. How should people approach this at this time of the year to hopefully go out there and have success? Yeah, well, the way I approach just about all – all of us as part of the season uh, from beginning to end is I'm, I'm going to find a goblin turkey. That's, that's number one. It's, it's rare. Uh, you know, occasionally maybe on a rainy day, I'll play the sit and wait game, but I'm not playing the sit and wait game on, on pretty mornings, especially pretty still clear mornings. I'm going to, I'm going to find a turkey that's goblin. When I find him goblin, I'm going to move in and, uh, depending on the terrain, the, uh, the cover I've got, I'm going to move in between, you know, early season, sometimes I'll have to set up 200 yards from them. But now I can easily get within 100 yards of them and uh, start calling to them and uh, just hope they walk over there. That's all you can do is 
is uh is set up. I like to set up where I've known that turkey to be before. Like if I've heard him gobbling in a spot one day, and I go back a few days later, and he's he's not in that spot, but he's near that spot. I'm gonna get in that spot where he likes to come and uh, just beat him to the spot, do a few calls, and that that has really worked a lot this year. In a in a years past, just get where he wants to be and call, and uh, a lot of times in 15 minutes he's there. Steve, I want to talk a little bit more about woodsmanship and, and how important woodsmanship is, especially with your style of hunting that's helped you be successful from your experiences for you know decades of, of turkey hunting. But also, how does woodsmanship play a factor when it comes to like what you just mentioned, especially with this time of the year when that gobbler's on a mission to get to point A to point B, how to know the lay of the land and understand how to get out in front of him and get where he already wants to be and just entice him with some soft calling to be able to close the distance. Yeah, you just have to, you know, like I said, know the lay of the land, know what you can get away with. I mean, you know, they're out there looking. They're, they're going to see you. If you get it within sight of them, they're going to see you. So you have to stay out of sight of them. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you can get really close to them if you've got good terrain and you can use that terrain, get down on the bottoms and uh, not walk the ridge, just get down in the bottoms and get up on the side of the hill. He may be just over the side, and uh, you can just call him right over Uh you know, it it all depends. I've I've had all kinds of situations come up with that when it comes to woodsmanship. I've had I've had a gobbler across a long narrow field from me, and I said, well, he's too close to the edge of the field, so I have to go all the way around that field, like walk two miles when I could have walked a quarter of a mile straight to him. But I would have risked spooking him because I thought he could see out in that field. So I just I'm real conservative about that. I don't want to spook a bird ever because once you spook him, the hunt's over. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about, especially following along with you and kind of your YouTube channel and everything else, is you're not you're not afraid to walk <laughs> by no means. Um, you know how how does that uh, you know play a factor in your success? You know having to, the tenacity, um, the perseverance uh, to be able to get after them, not quit, and, and really also just always be looking for that gobbling turkey and not just be settling for oh man they're not gobbling today I'm going to head back to the house grab lunch or grab breakfast or whatever else. Yeah, that that's played a huge, huge role. That that turkey that we talked about earlier that I killed in Tennessee, uh, I found that turkey at probably close to, it was around 2.30 that evening, I think, when I found him. And I hadn't found a turkey. They had gobbled on the roost that morning. They flew down. They hushed. I hadn't heard a turkey from probably 7.30 that morning to, you know, 2, two o'clock that evening when I first heard that turkey gobble. So, and I'd been walking and looking the whole time. We're talking probably eight miles of walking just to find one turkey, but it was worth it. Now, in those days, you know, days like that, or maybe like down here, you know, now in Alabama, I'm getting a lot of reports of just, you know, not just super great gobbling at this point of the season. You know, days like that when they're just not gobbling, you maybe you get a couple gobbles on the roost, they hit the ground and they're covering ground. Um, what what is your strategy? You know, how do you go about trying to find and locate one of those turkeys that's really wanting to give away his position so you can make a move, get in your right position, you know, set up like you need to with your bow and uh, and get out in front of them and put yourself in the right position to call that turkey in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just bounce around and and try to uh, you know get in a good location where I can hear a gobble, uh, you know, on the highest hill of an area, or whatever, and uh. A lot of times I'll just yell a pretty aggressive, you know, excited yelp, 
can get him to gobble. Now, uh, I haven't used crow calls in the past because they're really bad about, uh, you know, a lot of times making the uh, the turkeys hush, you know, and, you know, a lot of times on public land, everybody used a crow call. But I did invest in a real good crow call this year that sounds like a crow. So I've used it more, and I've had success with it too. Yeah, and one thing about you that's really interesting is both you hunt public and private land, uh, but a lot of times when you're out of state, you're hunting a lot of public land, and your videos show that and kind of show some of those hunts and those different experiences, hunting both with a recurve bow and also your compound. Uh, You know, when it comes to, like, your approach, you know, I I can see it being totally different, uh, you know, how to approach a a hunt when you're using a bow compared to using a shotgun, especially with now TSS and, and, you know, different um, chokes and everything that you can get for your shotgun to be able to, you know, have a, a very long range killing shotgun you know 40 plus yards 50 plus yards even 60 yards and uh, i've heard of people taking turkeys farther than that with a shotgun you know how does that play a factor in your setups when you go out there and you're approaching whether it's public land or private land when you know there's other hunters on the landscape but you need to make a move on a turkey but put yourself in the right position to get him within bow range for a clean ethical kill mm-hmm. yeah you know, a lot of times when you're trying to you know, you're really in competition with those other hunters. Uh, you know, they're trying to kill the same turkey you're trying to kill a lot of times. So, you know, I might get a little tighter to the turkey in that situation. I'll uh, I'll try to beat them, kind of beat them to the punch. Uh, try to, a lot of times I'll guess on turkeys when I know it's public land. A lot of people will stand back and wait on the gobble and move in on them. And, uh, but if I know I'm on, you know, a, a heavy pressured area, a lot of times I'll gamble and just guess, well, maybe he's roosted, uh, here and I'll just go on in there before daylight. And, uh, a lot of times I'll be right there under the turkey when he gobbles and I'll have kind of the advantage on the other hunters. And, uh, and another thing is just putting in the extra work. Most people are, you know, call it like it is. They're a little bit lazy. They, they going to want to ride wherever they can hear. And uh, if you get back and walk, you walk deep enough, you'll run out of hunters. It, it may be still public land on paper, but it's it's really your own little piece of property once you find it. Nobody else is hunting it. Steve, i got to ask you, especially this late in the season, especially like Alabama season, Mississippi season, Georgia season, who's, you know, all been in for over a month now. Um, you know, especially on public land, you know, it seems like a lot of the pressure dies off after the first few weeks of the season. Um, you know, does that still hold true with kind of like what you experience, especially hunting public land that, you know, a little bit later on in the season, you can kind of get away from get people a little bit easier than what you were maybe dealing with earlier on in the season? Oh, yeah, that's no doubt about it. I'd, I'd rather prefer to go to a place later because, you know, some of these states only have a two, three-bird limit. You know, some of them uh, just one. Well, the good turkey hunters, they kill on the first or second day. They'll be limited out the first week. So they're out of the woods. Well, the bad, are, you know, the turkey hunters are not quite as good. Well, they probably switch to crappie fishing by then. So <laughs> a lot of times you got the woods to yourself. <laughs> oh, that hits I mean, home. <laughs> oh man, listen, I, I want to do some crop fishing right now. I mean, that hit home right there. <laughs> I love crappie. They they take a bunch of turkey hunters out of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good point. Oh man, I, I've got a good I've got a good buddy of ours who actually was just on this past Monday's episode, Mr. Jared Smith, down here in uh. Uh, south or central Alabama, and uh, he's a big crappie fisherman, bass fisherman. And he tries to tag out five birds in the first, you know, hopefully first ten days of season.
season hunting public and private land uh, just so he can go fishing and get back to trapping so which he's done that already mm -hmm. but uh yeah mm -hmm. i understand that you're absolutely spot on with that statement um let me ask when it comes to like your approach and everything you know, you, you talk about like kind of outworking people and you, you're going to put in a lot more effort than probably the average guy. And that's one reason you're also successful is because you're spending more time out in the woods. You're getting a better feel of the land. You're, you're kind of knowing the land. You're really paying attention to what you're seeing and hearing on the landscape. But what's a good piece of advice you'd leave the listeners for this episode uh, to maybe that they can kind of start implementing, you know, maybe even this weekend, but maybe something from the future that they can kind of continue to learn on to hopefully have a little bit more success, especially given the conditions that we have now, especially kind of a little bit later on in the season, a little bit more tough hunting. You're, you're hunting pressured birds. You know, they've been called at, they've been shot at, you know, they might have even been wounded. You know, what's kind of some advice you give some of these listeners, especially for kind of these later uh, these states that are a little bit later on into the season, uh, into the spring. Yeah, just don't give up. Just uh, stay out after them. And uh, and uh, another one thing about late season birds, they walk a lot further than than the early season birds. It seems like they're used to, you know, chasing hens that are going to nest. And a lot of times, the tom he'll be on the roost. He'll have a hen with him that he roosted with, and when he comes off. Him and her will just—they will just go and go and go, and uh, he'll go just about out of out of hearing. But if you just get between him and that roost tree, a lot of times he he, he deals with her and he wants to come back to where he was roosted and try to find another hand. You can get right there and uh, call to him, and, and he'll be back eventually. He'll come back through that area. They're they're gonna roll a lot this uh, this part of the season. They're gonna they're gonna move a lot. Just cause you hear him gobbling way off. You set up on him and call. A lot of times he'll come a lot further, and uh, you know, like he was off your property or something like that. I've got some smaller properties that I have to do that. I just have to set up and call to them, and and, and eventually they'll either come or they won't. And uh, but uh, that's that's kind of what I do. Well, awesome. Well, Steve, thank you again for coming on for this week's Strut Report. Best of luck to you for the rest of your season. And uh, again, this I can't appreciate you enough for coming on. Well, thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up this week's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Strut Report. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share it with a buddy, share it with a friend, and go over to iTunes, leave us a review. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or, of course, iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you like about the show and what topics you'd like to see in the future. But thanks again for everybody listening. Of course, hopefully y'all can go out there and have some success this weekend. If you do, shoot us a message. Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or, of course, our contact page on the website. Uh, and hit us up on our uh, email address. And let us know, you know, how did the podcast, you know, benefit you all? You know, what episodes have uh, been impactful for you? And uh, maybe we'll get you on for a future episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Listener Success Story. That being said, make sure you tune in Friday afternoon or Saturday morning on the way to the woods to tune in for this week's Southern Outdoorsman Listener Success Story Turkey Edition. Got a really good one on for you guys. I'm very excited to bring you this listener success story. It's actually with a listener who killed his very first turkey ever after just getting into hunting kind of middle age uh, because of his son it's a really really good story guys you're really going to want to make sure you listen to it and again that comes out uh, tomorrow afternoon so other than that y'all have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here on the next episode of the southern outdoorsman podcast Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. Hey everybody, this is Kyle Veet, host of the Ozark Podcast, a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark Podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.